Hello everybody, this is Swix. I am back. I took a week off because I was traveling and also I was hoping that people would fill out the survey. And the survey is still open. I think I'm going to basically just always keep it open because why not? And I really appreciate those of you who sent in your feedback. Um, I will do a recap episode where I actually talk about the results of the survey so far. But uh, one of the responses was really nice. I don't know which one of you suggested this, but he said, I started extensively listening starting in June. I really enjoyed the episodes covering Snowflake and Databricks. That's fun because I was doing that for my own research because I was going for the Databricks conference. You introduced the idea of betting on technology to me and I trust your judgment. So the podcast gives me a list of interesting tech I should at least know about without too much effort on my end. And yes, that is for the technical episodes. That is exactly why I'm doing this. I, I hope that I can revise the podcast that I listen to for my for my benefit and for your benefit, maybe you get to sample a little bit of what I think is interesting without selling you anything. I, I obviously don't have any vested interest in any of these things, but I think they are fascinating. So uh, with that said, and I'll give more context in the future. If you haven't done the survey, please do the survey. I put a link in the show notes. But otherwise, with that said, let's talk about ClickHouse today. I'm going to do a little bit more of an intro as well. Uh, people wanted more of my comments and opinions as well the same dude so here goes uh, clickhouse has just come on my radar one mostly because it's been doing super well in hacker news that's honestly where i come up with a lot of these things and i left some of the comments in the show notes as well i'm, I'm going to read out some of this and the first comment says i'd like to thank the creators of clickhouse as i hope they're reading here we've been using it since 2019 in a single server setup with billions of rows no problems at all and query speeds the seem unreal compared to MySQL and Postgres. And something that other people have emphasized is also that it operates well in a single node. There's another comment down below that I also snipped out. It says, I looked at a bunch of analytical databases and had a lot that started with, so here's a basic 10 node cluster. ClickHouse installed and worked instantly with decent but not big data with no hassle. 100 million rows with lots of heavy text blobs and a lot of columns, that kind of thing. Happily dealt with triple nested joins over that and billions of entries in arrays on those columns that didn't bat an eye. So there seems to be some amount of ability to absorb a huge amount of workload and data with a very simple deployment model. I really like uh, some of the other comments here that I've also clipped out. I guess I don't think I should read out everything. Just go read the comments uh, if you want more information. But I think the origin story of ClickHouse is also interesting. It's hard to start any database company. I've seen enough now that I'm starting to get an intuition for what it what it's involved. Can't exactly articulate it, but it's essentially some element of do you want to start from a basis of open source Postgres and you know take out the top layer, take out the bottom layer, or do you want to write your own? Do you want to introduce your own DSL? Do you not want to do that? Do you want to go uh, you know uh, NoSQL first and then and then introduce asset compliance or whatever? There's all these little nuances that I'm starting to learn as I talk to founders of these uh, database companies. But ClickHouse is an analytical database, column-oriented, and uh, it has an interesting, interest, interesting history with Yandex and also an interesting history with its venture capital formation, which I think is one of the most impressive moves that I've ever seen out of Index Ventures and particularly Mike Volpe. And it looks like Aaron Katz, who is now the CEO, was part of the that 
spin out as well. And I think this is one of those slam dunk moves that made this a sure bet, such that the, its first official funding was $250 million at a $2 billion valuation. That is not the typical kind of funding that you would see for technology like this, except that ClickHouse already is 10 years old. So have a listen. Just a little side note, the questions that you're about to hear come from Julia and Tristan from DBT, and they're on the Analytics Engineering Podcast, which is DBT's podcast. It's really cool to hear them because they're leaders and well-off people in the data engineering space, so they really have nothing to sell, and their interest in ClickHouse is very genuine. So it's just really cool to hear founders talking to other founders. What do you think listeners might not know about your model, your journey of starting a data company? It's a unique company in the sense that ClickHouse has been under development for over a decade. I mean, it was created uh, inside Yandex by a brilliant engineer and my co-founder, one of two co-founders, Alexei Milovidov, uh, who you know both named ClickHouse, it's short for Clickstream Data Warehouse, and also wrote the first few lines of code and is the primary committer to the project. And my other co-founder, Yuri Israelevsky, you know, has been building cloud services on top of open source for the better part of 20 years. You know, a senior executive at Yahoo, when Yahoo was a more relevant company than it is today, he ran platform engineering at Netflix and led Netflix's migration to the cloud. And most recently was a senior vice president at Google overseeing serverless and developer tools and a variety of other functions. And so I'm one of three founders of the company. I happen to be leading the company as CEO, but my other two co-founders are both engineers in training as well as the creator of ClickHouse. So it's a unique combination in that sense. That three-person team and the fact that the product has existed for 10 years is also unique and it creates this neat confluence of, I have to imagine that your journey of starting a company looks really different than the journey of many. I mean, when, when we started Fishtown Analytics, DBT had had like 20 hours of software engineering time put into it. It had zero users and, you know, we weren't in a garage, but there was a very small home office that we were out of. And your journey looks very different. I'm sure that there's real challenges that come with that too. Well, I think every company has its own set of unique challenges. We're obviously not the first company to, to, to follow a similar path. I mean, you look at Confluent was, you know, created by the, by the team behind Kafka, which originally was created inside LinkedIn. Uh, you know, there's origins of, of Hadoop that date back to, to Yahoo, uh, with the formation of Hortonworks. And so, you know, this had been done before the, the spin out of an open source project that was originally developed inside a, a larger organization. You know, I often liken it to the complexity of if you were to spin Redshift out of Amazon or BigQuery out of Google, like there's both the, the technical complexity, then there's the cultural challenges that would go along with getting that engineering team to leave that company and to join a pre-revenue startup. And that's what we had to do with, with ClickHouse. You know, there's an engineering team that originally was in Russia. They now sit in Amsterdam and they were inside of Yandex. And Yandex at the time was a public company traded on the NASDAQ. They had a $30 billion market cap. And we had to convince those engineers that they should both leave Yandex and leave Russia to form this new company. And we were successful in that effort, but it took time, right? To talk about culturally, what's the type of organization we're going to build? What's our business model going to be? As you know, monetizing open source is not for the faint of heart. Um, and there's a couple different playbooks that you can pursue. 
And how do you think about self-managed versus the cloud? How do you think about open source software licensing? And I'm sure we're going to touch on all of those facets in our conversation. Yeah, there's so much there. There's like five different questions I want to ask after this. But the question I want to maybe ask right now is make sure all of our listeners are on the same page. And what is ClickHouse? It's an OLAP database. It's known for being lightning fast. It has some like interesting characteristics where it's like the data is largely immutable. It's append only. And you can start doing things that, you know, normal OLAP databases aren't necessarily known for. So help us understand when is ClickHouse a good choice or what kind of problems should ClickHouse be great at solving? Well, let me start by saying it's essentially a database technology. So the use cases are very diverse. And I think the primary two benefits that we're hearing from the community are largely around speed, performance, and then storage efficiency for real-time queries across a number of attributes and high-volume workloads. And this can be a challenge in practice for large-scale use cases. If you think web and, and mobile analytics, BI, observability, IoT, where the data set is massive to begin with, but continues to grow over time, and all of that data, the historical data and the latest data that's streaming in, needs to be queried and analyzed simultaneously. And to, to get the result set from a, a SQL query across a data set that's measured in petabytes, and to get that results in the same amount of time it takes for a web page to load. So let's say tens to hundreds of milliseconds is really where people have found ClickHouse is unique in its architecture and performance. Yeah. We hear amazing things from people that use ClickHouse where it just kind of blows people's mind how quickly it's able to process data and do queries. So it's been very exciting to see it become more dominant on the main stage. I want to go back to something you said, which was like, well, this is kind of a, a normal story. It happens all the time. We, we just pull open source companies out of big technology companies, and then you spin off, build a company behind that particular technology, give it the resources such that it can really blossom. And that's true. There's lots of examples of open source technology is getting spun out of big companies. But I think what was really different here is ClickHouse came out of Yandex, which was a Russian company, and you had to orchestrate a very heroic maneuvering of getting <laughs> capital, the right people, the technology, moving the team out of Russia into Amsterdam, all in kind of one sweep. So we kind of glossed over this, what I'm sure was not very traditional and not very easy I'd love to know a bit more about when did ClickHouse get on your radar? Why was it worth the big effort for you to have it all come together? And what was the like backstory there? Like, Give us the blow by blow of what actually happened. Sure. I'll, I'll try to be brief, but it essentially consumed the majority of calendar year 2021. And I had, I had originally seen ClickHouse in the wild when I was at Elastic. We started to see its popularity grow, at least I did, in conversations with a number of users. And so it was on our radar and a variety of other popular columnar uh, OLAP data stores like Apache Druid and Apache Pino. And it was evident from my experience and discussion that ClickHouse was emerging as the winner of the category. And when I was approached with the idea of spitting it out of Yandex by an investor and started working with the Yandex executive team, the Dutch parent company, Yandex NV, I quickly engaged some investors who I've known and worked with in the past, most notably Mike Volpe at Index Ventures and Peter Fenton at Benchmark. And oddly enough, ClickHouse had come up in conversation in a previous conversation with, with Mike. 
that I had with him in the past. So they, they both enthusiastically engaged to help engineer the spin out. So I didn't do this on my own. I had a lot of help from experienced investors. And then again, as I mentioned, culturally, we had to make sure that, you know, myself, Alexei and Yuri were all like-minded in the type of company we would build and the type of business model we could pursue. And as you know, there's a couple of different business models for open source companies. You can start by selling support. You can build an enterprise version of your software. You can have plugins, extensions that are proprietary. You could bundle all of those together and sell subscriptions while you in parallel or subsequently stand up a cloud service. And this playbook is well known. Companies like MongoDB, Elastic, Confluent have built very successful companies following that path. The alternative is you kind of skip the first step and go straight to cloud. And companies that have followed this path, I would imagine I'm speaking to one now. The other would be Databricks. Another example, less based off an open source project would be Snowflake. And that's the path that we're pursuing. And that's largely why we raised as much capital as we did to really give us the, the time and space to execute on a vision of being a cloud first company. Yeah, it was really incredible to see it all happen from the outside, because I think it was no surprise to people in the community, both in the data side and the venture community, that ClickHouse was really special. But it, at the time, it just wasn't investable because you had to do so much work, which you spent like a year doing. And I'll share like when I, when I was an investor, I was looking at ClickHouse, figuring out how the heck can I get in? And I remember I found a profile on Telegram, which was Alexei Milodovov. Mm. And I'm Russia. He had a shirt that was a sequel joke on it. I was like, oh, this might be him. I'm gonna just cold message him on Telegram. And this guy was kind of a buff dude. And when he got the message, he was like, yeah, we're both sequel guys, but we look nothing alike. He was like kind of pissed off that I <laughs> confused him with Alexi because he spent a lot of time at the bench press. But it was this like technology that everyone was really excited about, but there wasn't really a path in because of all the moving pieces that need to come together in one foul swoop. And you're working with the very best when you're working with Peter Fenton and Mike Volpe. And it's funny that, you know, Mike tweeted something last night, which caught my attention, which was how many companies are being funded around the ClickHouse technology. And he said something to the effects of like, what did you think we were going to do when we raised $250 million for ClickHouse? We're going to obviously build a cloud service. And what he's alluding to is that there are these other startups that are venture backed that are forked ClickHouses. Some of them are just hosted ClickHouses. Like Firebolt, apparently behind the scenes, is ClickHouse. I'm curious to go in there a little bit more around what do you do in that sense? Like this is not a new problem to you. Like Elastic had a lot of these challenges as well, where even though they were the maintainers of Elasticsearch, you had copycats, people forked the technology a lot. I'm curious to hear what experiences that you're going to bring from the Elastic journey into the ClickHouse journey. Okay, that was part one of the clip from this podcast. I am going to do two clips from it because I think ClickHouse is that important and that this level of access is unprecedented. So we're going to go into the secrets of ClickHouse tomorrow.